Right, what's up guys? So we are back first potty of the year, 2024, and we're going to kick it off with a bang. As you can see, we're in a different environment than our normal studio. We are at Fox Physio. We have Laura, our resident allied health specialist, uh, and we've got her on the podcast going to talk about, a f we talked about heaps of things actually. Uh, we talked about red flags uh, for therapists, you know, especially dealing with lifters. Uh, Laura is a specialist dealing with lifters and we know you guys are too. So we want to make sure that if you're getting treatment, maybe getting the right treatment for your, your hobby, sport uh, or something in between. We also talked about some warm-ups, uh, maybe the best upper and or lower body warm-ups to approach your training with. Uh, for a lot of coaches who do listen to this podcast, maybe like how to engage with your therapist to have the best relationship possible. Uh, and then we also talked about why, this is a big one, why online allied health treatment is better than manual therapy. Yeah, you heard that, better Clipping. in terms of getting results. So you'll have to stick around to the end to listen to that. Um, and we go through lots of things in between. But as always, if you guys support the podcast, let's kick off 2024 by hitting that subscribe button. So I'm not going to say anything for five seconds. Hit the subscribe button. Thank you. Uh, and like, share, comment, give us some more information about what you guys want to see for the potty in 2024. Uh, and that is it. Let's kick off the episode. What happened in the car? Uh, so we may, we may have missed a vehicle just entering the roundabout to our right oh dear and like i don't want to be i'm not a passenger driver unless yeah. my wife is driving my car <laughs> <laughs> so if my wife is driving my car then i'm literally like 200 meters away you got a break bro mm. so yeah we may have just missed that the car was there and i was like and i didn't really kind of let him know what was happening i just kept saying his name just like <laughs> damn, 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 damn. like it was pretty how close do you reckon we were oh, we were pretty close yeah it was like oh, shit it was like if he didn't break, we would have T-boned the car. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, what, 10 minutes into the trip? I was like, this would have been an interesting morning. Yeah, it was, oh, in, it was, like, it was in like Altona. Yeah, we were, had a, went a real interesting way to, to here. It's like to no, try to avoid traffic. Yeah. yeah. Made us yeah. drive along the coast. Yeah, yeah, that's a good drive too. But we nearly, yeah, we nearly died, awesome. basically. I did too. We wouldn't well, have not, died. Not in the same way. Just being dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> we came to a stop on the colder, and I looked in my rear vision mirror to just see a woman with like both hands on the dash oh, and eyeballs yeah. out of her head. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna but yeah. it didn't hit me. When I first bought the other Merc, I literally had it for like three days. And I remember I was like slowing down to this red light, and I saw behind me this cement truck, and it just wasn't slowing down. And I was like, I oh. kind of, I kind of oh. know inertia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all I did was just like, there's like a middle portion of the road where it's just painted, but no car can. It's not a lane, so I just turned into that, and this thing just went straight past Ooh. me. Ooh. Yeah, and then just gave me the wave. I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, just a little no wave. Like, nearly killed you. Thanks, mate. Thanks for your initiative. <laughs> like, all good, bro. <laughs> Glad you're still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a cement truck. It would have been full of cement too. It would have just like, oh man. That would have made a mess of me. Fuck. And my brand new car. I got hit coming out here. You got hit? Yeah, with my Renault. Oh. I'd only done like, fuck, like 2,000 Ks. Yeah. A truck just changed lanes as though I wasn't there. Love that. Yeah, it was great. It was a really good time. Love that for all of us. Yeah. So, moral of the story mm. is... 
just do online consults with Laura. Yeah, don't yeah. come to <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. have we, we, had, we have introed you in the intro that hasn't happened. Yeah. So don't yeah, feel so like we're just yeah. like, okay. you're just yeah. floating on the edge. People, like, know people know you're who here. You are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just a creepy person sitting in the corner. Yeah, yeah. An yeah, extra like, face where on are we? Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> we really should do that before we hit record. Yeah. So people oh, know yeah. what happens. Yeah, there's no plan to this, by the way. Mm-hmm. So just strap mm-hmm. yourself in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We're ready. Have we have we had Laura on the pod? Have you been on the pod? Yeah, COVID days. Yeah. COVID. Long time, right? A few years yeah. back, yeah. We came at people for um, the lying crabs. about weak, We talk about weak glutes. Oh, really? How to get stronger oh, glutes. Damn, that's the topic I was going to talk about today. Yeah. We yeah. can, talk we can about do it again. It was like three years no, ago. I'm kidding. I was kidding. Oh. Just, you, know. anyway. you don't want to build your booty? Uh do you think I need to? <laughs> Answer this very carefully. Answer this very, very carefully, Laura. Jace is um, on today. I well. Now, the caffeine's kicking in. Yeah. So I'm starting to feel a bit human again. Four shots of coffee will do that. So maybe uh, for the listeners, and even for us, maybe a little bit of an update on just like how the business being. What, what, where were you? What were we doing last time? You just started here, right? Kind of just. Yeah. 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 So it would have been up- pretty fresh days. Yeah. yeah. So give us an update on the biz, where you're at. Yeah, cool. So, um, we just had Ali leave, um, as you guys know. Yep. Um, and then we had a transition of staff. So, now we have a physio called Bianca. Um, so, she's been here for a few weeks now and she's, yeah, fitting in really well to the team. Awesome. Um, and we do have an exercise physiologist, Natasha, starting early next year. Wow. Um, cool. Yeah. So, it'll be three of us on the team in 2024. Um, yeah. But, no, nah, things, are, things are good. Things are nice and busy here. Um, yeah. He's still... So niche-wise, are we still kind of, you know, primarily working with lifters? Yeah, yeah. So I'd say probably 90% of people that come through here train still. So yeah, whether it's a, it's still a combination of like powerlifters, um, bodybuilders, we have a few crossfitters, and then just people who train generally. Yeah. So they might not be yeah, focusing on a competition, but they're just training in the gym. Yeah. So yeah. Would, um, so I guess like maybe valuable for listeners today is like trying to work out if their therapist is the best for them for their hobby. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because say everyone else is shit, Laura. Yeah. Well, you, you don't have to do that. I can, I can just we ask can. the right questions and then the, the, the <laughs> listeners can be like, mm, I think my therapist is shit. Um, if, you're, if you're a weightlifter or someone who's just like active and stuff, is there some th- common things that you hear that people, that therapists say that maybe you contradicts what they should do? Yeah. Well, I feel like the most common one that we hear is people just being told to not train. Um, and I feel like that just comes from a lack of understanding of that therapist, perhaps with the gym lifts. So they might yeah. not necessarily be like a bad therapist, but they're just doing what they know with that client. Yeah. Um, but it's like, if you don't know like the movements in the gym, like what, like you don't know certain movement patterns or what muscles, like you'd think physios would know like what all the gym exercises are targeting but you'll be surprised that they don't um so yeah i guess where we found we've had an advantage with our niche is that we can kind of modify exercises in the gym so it's like we keep the person training um but yeah we might take some exercises out or just modify them and typically they will heal better if they can keep training absolutely Um, yeah 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 like if you came if someone comes to you and is like don't do the thing that you love doing like in any capacity i'm just like that's a fucking no for me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to not tell you and do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then wonder why my shoulder still hurts. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that's where as a therapist or even as a coach, it's like you have to take the person in front of you and adapt yeah. from there. Because it's like you might have an ideal plan for a person, like whether it's training plan, steps, whatever it is. But it's like they might not be able to do it because of other priorities. So it's like we have to consider that as well. So we have to take the person in front of us. Um, and it's like if they love to train, it's like it makes them feel good. Like it makes their body feel better. It makes them be a better person, like better at their job, better family member. Like we want to keep them training. Absolutely. So, yeah. So yeah, I guess yeah. we just have to understand. And I think as well, like as <clears throat> someone who lifts, it's like I understand what lifting is to me. So I understand that most of these people, it is a high priority and it is more than just something they do to look good or yeah. Yeah. yeah I know what you mean. It's a, it's like a risk aversion thing too, right? Like you got to give them a little bit of grace and sort of, if you don't understand the easiest and most safe thing is like, don't do that. Mm. Yeah. Cause if I say go yeah. do it and you do fuck yourself up, it's my fault. It's like a lot of the health systems kind of that way, right? Yeah. Where it's like, hey, uh, I'm just going to say this because there's a small chance that this happens and if that happens, I'm in trouble. So just don't do just that. Just don't anymore. do it. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so you can see where they're coming from, but for people like us, it's not an option. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess the other thing perhaps is like not knowing the movement that we need to get them back to for like other therapists. They perhaps don't know like the best rehab plan to get there. Mm. Um, so they might just do something that's, yeah, super unspecific to getting them back to that movement, or it'll just be like a super low rehab movement and then straight back into the yeah, like, not a great, don't do anything, and then yeah, gradually increasing the intensity, yeah. yeah. And like yeah. you'll even see that in certain surgery protocols, like it'll just be like real baseline exercises, and then it's like, cool, now you can do all your strength exercises, but it's mm. like, you know, we can <laughs> probably start to integrate muscles that like haven't been operated on, like stabilizing muscles, that kind of thing. And then we gradually get them into certain movement patterns mm. and then we want to get them into a, like a strength block. So yeah, I feel like there's probably the missing progressions in rehab as well as just telling them not to train. I think that was yeah. a bit of the theme of the last pod too. Like we came on to talk about like the weak glute thing. And at the time it was really cool to like shit on low level exercises like the glute clam that I know like you use quite a lot. Yeah. And it's like <clears throat> the glute clam in isolation isn't like going to build your 250 kilo deadlift. Yeah. But the glute clam with the next step and the next step and the next step in the program intervention and a plan over one, two, three months will. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, we still have it in there. Like, I think coaches go the other way where they're like, oh, that low level exercise is not enough. You don't yeah. need that because you're this strong or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> that they start too far ahead when they're trying to. In- put in interventions with their own clients. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, <clears throat> so physios typically struggle to progress things as much as they should. And then I feel like inversely, coaches sometimes struggle to regress, regress. things as much as they yeah. should. Yeah. And it's like maybe with a movement regression, even they see that as going backwards, but it's like, no, you're actually getting the person to do the movement properly or pain-free, so then you can move forward. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we're probably on the different ends of the spectrum with coaches and therapists yeah, yeah. <laughs> filling that gap seems like it's just communication right yeah 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 which you guys are great you guys are great at like mm-hmm. i know if like any of the guys come here uh like we're getting an email straight away like hey yeah. it's this person <laughs> this has happened this is what we've done you know this is they showed me their program like these are these are the things we might need to change or don't change anything we're just gonna you know kind of bring down the weight or something like that i think 
if someone is looking for a therapist to take care of them and keep them in the gym or you know even just long term like probably best practice in my opinion you want to make sure that that person's doing that like has that communication between the coach and stuff and like I, like yeah. we we obviously say to the client too like here's my number here's my email like get them to contact me so it's like we have to do our our due diligence as well letting the the lifter know that they can communicate to us you know what i mean yeah like yeah. you'd probably ask people like who's your trainer or or something like that that would be part of your yeah. you know kind of like rehab processes like knowing who's taking care of their training right definitely yeah and i feel like it's good to have that communication because especially if you're explaining it to a client <clears throat> they might have like a certain level of knowledge about what you're talking about but then it could also be like chinese whispers in a way yeah. like Absolutely. things might not get relayed <laughs> properly and then also if we're trying to modify something in the program it's like there's a very obvious or sorry like a very certain reason why like we're not just doing it for the fun of it so it's like we kind of need to express that to you because it's like you've T- taking a lot of time to make a program for a client so if we like modifying something or changing something like there is a reason for it like yeah yeah, yeah you're not yeah you're not just getting butthurt they're like someone just ripped your program apart yeah. which like we wouldn't but maybe yeah, yeah. i've seen it happen yeah yeah, yeah 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 but it's usually when the therapist doesn't explain why yeah just like don't yeah, do this seen a program mm-hmm. come back with like every leg exercise has changed to something else and the coach was like but why yeah <laughs> it's just like there was no explanation yeah it's yeah. wild so selfishly, I'm gonna mm-hmm. ask some questions for myself. Is it a shoulder injury? And just hopefully that yeah, or maybe awesome. I mean, <laughs> and maybe everyone else can get some benefit from it. Some people. Um, as a lifter, are there certain things that you can slash should do to prevent you having to do a 90 minute session on someone who's as broken as I am? Yeah, so I guess the. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, are there, th- yeah, like, I know it's not clear cut, like, do this and everyone should do it, but are, like, are there some commonalities that people can do to approach their training that, you know, p- puts them in the best position to not get hurt? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess the first thing <clears throat> is probably just like lifting better, but then it's like, how do we? <laughs> we just insert. Real, just come fucking savagely, just bang in the ribs. Well, we insert a video of Jason lifting here. No, yeah. <laughs> clip that tamp. Clip that. Oh, that's, that's fucking hurt me. <laughs> yeah, um, get better at lifting. Got it. Yeah. Right, right down. Yep. No, but then it's like, why can't you? perhaps lift better. So it's like maybe you have a lack of mobility, which I know you probably do. Hey, stop this. Stop that. I shouldn't this ask is, this question. Is you personal. opened yourself up, bro. This is getting personal. <laughs> <laughs> maybe more muscle mass, eh? <laughs> um, yeah, so perhaps you need like more mobility or more stability. So it's obviously like that's the cool thing about lifting. Like we can always be better. Yeah. So whether it's like, Absolutely. yeah we can always like refine technique, especially in the more compound movements. Um, but yeah, I think mobility is a big thing, especially yeah. like you mentioned that the shoulder's an issue. Um, so it's like, if we don't have mobility through our upper back, like we're just going to be overloading things in the shoulder. We don't want to overload. Yeah. And that's even when you see people like pressing and then they're feeling like their shoulder rather than their chest. And it's like, they just can't get in the right position to work, to work the muscle that we want. Finally got to me. (laughs) Jump on the ship, mate. Sink in quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. To work the right muscle. So yeah, I think the right warm up is 
like very, very helpful. Yeah. Um, maybe in an ideal, there's always, I guess, a bit of a debate whether warm-ups are good, whether they're not good. Yeah. Um, but I think, I guess, in an ideal world, if someone's got perfect mobility, stability, maybe they don't need to warm up. Yeah. Um, but I find even just a short, like, 10-minute warm-up very specific to that person, yeah. it's going to both get them focused so they can leave the rest of the day behind, focus on their session, which means they're less likely to get injured. They're going to get better results in training. Um, and then also it's like we giving them the mobility or stability for what they need. So maybe you've been at home like doing online check-ins all day. It's like you're even with perfect posture, the body doesn't like being still. So it's like yeah. you're probably going to get tight through your upper back yeah. and then we might not be able to get in the right positions to train. You're trying to do an overhead press. You actually can't get the range yourself. So then your upper traps are just going to kind of take over to get that extra range. Like we might get some shoulder yeah, niggles. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so more muscle doesn't help the problem. <laughs> That's what we're... More muscle's always the answer. All right. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Then you should have just said that at the start. <laughs> the loudest part of that was like, actually do a warm up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So maybe for some of the listeners like uh, who heard the word mobility and instability, it's like, what, yeah. what are they? Um, which one comes first? You know, maybe yeah. we start there. Yeah, cool. So mobility is somebody's active range of motion. Um, so essentially it's just how far that they can move their body by themselves. Um, and that's, yeah, that's important so we can get full range of motion in the gym. Like if we, we're talking about the shoulder, if we can only get up, um, like three quarters range of motion. We only. <laughs> yeah. What are you looking this way for? <laughs> Just looking behind you. Yeah, cool. um, <laughs> then we kind of only want to load in that plane. So we wouldn't want to be doing any overhead presses. Um, that's when we're more likely to get an injury. Mm-hmm. And also that's when we're likely to feel any muscles that you're not trying to target by that exercise. Yeah. So to be less effective for the reason of the exercise being in your program. And then you're more likely to get injured as well. So what's the difference mobility to flexibility? So flexibility is someone's passive range of motion. So that was, so rather than Jason moving his arm up this far, um, it would be me moving his arm. And then like, if I can move it a little bit further, that's like, typically I'll be able to move it further and he'll only be restricted by his, um, like the range of motion in his joint. Whereas when he's moving it, um, his muscle tightness is having an impact on how far he can move it. Yeah, yeah. And so for gym, active range of motion is obviously a lot more relevant because in the gym, you're moving your body. Mm, I'm not going to be in there moving your arm for you. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of people that get confused between the two that go into the gym to try and improve flexibility, but miss the actual mobility part. Mobility, yeah. 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 Um, and then, yeah, then stability. So that's like, I guess your ability to control. Um, so it's like your ability to resist, um, external forces. Yeah. 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 Um, and another reason we want flex, oh, sorry, not flexibility. Another reason we want mobility, um, is so we can actually challenge stability too. So we'll come back to the shoulder cause we've been talking about that. Um, the most unstable position for the shoulder is that full overhead position. So a lot of the time, if we're restricted going into that position as our body trying to, and not allow us to go there because it doesn't feel safe going there perhaps. Yeah. Um, so if we want to train stability, so our body does feel safe there, so we can have that carry over. Otherwise, if we just increase more range of motion, mm. it, we, we're still unstable in that position. The body's going to tighten up so we can't get there. So we need to increase range of motion to get the arm back there, but then we need to increase the stability in that position, in that unstable position, so that the carryover of mobility carries over for longer. Yeah. Yeah that makes sense do you see a trend of like most people will be one or the other so like they'll either be super mobile 
but have really poor stability. Floppy or stiffy. Yeah, or vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Precisely, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the hypermobility like, is probably seen more in females. Um, and yeah, obviously they'll just have like excessive range of motion. Um, so that's not just full range of motion. It's kind of like past like normal ranges. Yeah. Um, and for them, quite often they will be unstable. Um, so for them, it's kind of teaching them to just train within like the normal range of motion and then it's getting them stability so they can control um can control themselves like in that range of motion yeah yeah otherwise yeah you do get people who are quite stiff <laughs> yeah there's something i changed in my coaching a while yeah. ago now like particularly the girls coming through what we used to do is like do a conventional do a sumo tell me which one feels better yeah and the girls would always choose the sumo because it's like i can load in structure feel a little bit stronger because they didn't have the ability to actually create the tension themselves on the bar in the conventional. Yeah, so it was like okay. all of a sudden, every single girl I was training was sumoing. I was like, this doesn't, doesn't make sense. sense. What's happening? Yeah. So yeah, pulled it back and I was like, oh, you just don't have the ability to create tension. So now I actually go full the other way. Like don't even think about sumo until you can pull body weight. Then we'll look at it because you've actually got the strength underneath to be able to leverage whatever position's better for you. Yeah. Um, so being aware of that stuff as a coach is really important too. And as a lifter, like if you're trying to load into a structure because you don't have stability for the girls and then, yeah, guys, like just avoiding, always doing incline press and never overhead work <laughs> because you don't have the 60 degree incline all day, baby. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. So if you walk into the gym, how do you know you don't have the mobility for that particular joint for that particular day? Oh, um, I guess that's where different warm-ups or gatekeeper exercises could be handy. Yep. Um, so, like, I mean, with the shoulder, you could even just walk in and kind of, like, test yourself by lifting your arm overhead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or stuff like, so with the hips, like, one of the exercises we commonly prescribe is a prone leg lift. So, where you're lying on your tummy, legs bent, and you're just going into hip extension. Mm. And it's like, if you have tight hips you're probably just going to feel that in your lower back because your hip isn't extending. So your back's yeah. just going to be extending or the hamstring will just be firing to try and help extend the hip because you're not really in a position where your glute can work. So sometimes I prescribe exercises like that, mm -hmm. um, perhaps for like a certain rep range. But I say to someone like, if you're doing this and you're feeling in the wrong spot or you're feeling tighter than usual because of maybe because you've been sitting longer than usual through the day or whatever that's happened, um, maybe then you just need to go and foam roll a little bit like through your hammy or through the front of your hip or wherever we found tight for that mm. person. Mm. So it's almost like as well as a warm up, it's almost a gatekeeper exercise <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, or say, yeah, you're doing your clams and you're only getting like a quarter range of what you normally get. It's like, oh, you're a little bit tight. You should probably release that a little bit before you do train. Yeah. So it's yeah. like if this, then that type thing so it's not yeah do this every time it's like you might go and do that exercise to assess how things feel yeah and then if you feel good get into your workout yeah but yep. if you don't feel good go do this instead yeah that's gonna like the one thing i found is like some days i can just walk in and i'm like move around a little bit i'm feeling good off we go and then other days i'm like poor like if <laughs> i'm gonna train today maybe <laughs> um and i know already i can just feel that it's gonna take 15 minutes to get going yeah like i'm yeah. just fucking so tight from just yeah being in the car and all of that so it's like you don't want to just you don't want to have to spend 15 20 minutes every session warming up if you don't have to yeah but you also want to have like a sequence of steps to in case you need to right yeah 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 because they're the sessions you get hurt absolutely yeah definitely 
And I feel like as well, so like cat camels even is a common one I'll prescribe for like upper body or lower body. And obviously when you're doing that for upper body, you're trying to get as much like shoulder protraction, retraction as you can. And as like, as you do it and you get to know your body, it's like, you can kind of feel if you that's really jammed, like I'm not really getting much range. So then it's like, cool, I'll either do an extra couple of sets of those or like foam roll through my mid back and then do them again. So it's like, yeah, there is like those certain prehab movements. You, you get to know like your body's range mm. and what range you need to feel good in the gym. But I guess also if you're aware of how your body feels, like maybe you hop straight onto the bench press or whatever your first exercise is. It's like maybe you feel that you actually can't get your shoulders yeah. in the right position. Like I yeah. actually can't squeeze my shoulders back to stabilize for the bench. Cool. I just warmed up with the bar, but maybe I'll go to a few warm up exercises before I do my next mm. warm up set and then just keep doing that. So yeah. we're not taking too much time, but we can get in the right position. Yeah. 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 Does, um, and this is, it can be an anecdotal thing for everybody. What's up, guys? Welcome to the STC Fit Podcast, where we talk about all things nutrition, training, and how to live your best life. If you want some more information about coaching, our free resources, and other fitness-related content, be sure to check us out on our website at www.stcfit.com. All right, let's get to the episode. Like, does, does your mobility and active range of motion and stuff change the bigger you get? Or is it just your ability to maintain that stimulus that drops off? Because like, you know, you hear people say like, under full anesthesia, like you, you, I could do the splits. And then it's like, okay, so when we're conscious, like it's a nervous system controlled, you know, situation. So then it, that would mean that the muscle mass doesn't play a role. But do you think it does? Do you know it does? And have you felt it yourself? Um, it, I, it definitely come, does come into play. Um, like if we're thinking about looking at someone's shoulder external rotation range, like the more muscle mass they have, like especially through their lats, quite a large muscle, that is going to limit their ability to externally rotate. Yeah. Oh, sorry, like the lat being an internal rotator. Um, so, yeah, like muscle mass I find definitely does come into play yeah. with mobility. Um you can still make a very positive change and it's you can still get like good range of motion with it yeah um but yeah it definitely does change the assessment yeah so then think- if you're working with someone over time it's like especially if they're putting on a significant amount of weight it's something to consider when you know say they start at 70 kilos and everything's you know nimble and where it needs to be it's like if they're 85 kilos you know 12 months later yeah uh, 18 months later it's like using that previous range is probably not that realistic anymore. It's like a spectrum of that range is definitely what we want to do, but you can't go, oh, you were doing this previously, you should, you should do it now. Yeah, 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 no, things yeah. definitely change. Yeah. And I guess something we look at a therapist as well is like the difference in mobility side to side. So we're looking for like discrepancies as well. Yeah. Um, as well as their overall mobility too. Yeah. Is yeah. that common? Like changes in mobility from left side to right side, like, you know, arms, legs, you know, your hips, ankles. Yeah, it is. Well, it's quite common in here. Obviously, we mainly see people with injury or we'll start to see people with injury. Then we might see people for more maintenance. Um, but yeah, in regards to injury, usually there is a discrepancy. Yeah, side to side. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Going back to the the mobility as you get bigger thing. I feel like a lot of it's a training adaptation too. So like you, you would feel too, like during prep, it's like you're a fucking rock come the last four weeks of prep and then you jump out and you go into more movement variety and it's like oh, i can wash my own back again and put my seatbelt on this is great yeah um so i think a bit of it is probably your coping mechanism to the training particularly like for a powerlifter 
your job is to be as rigid as you possibly can and yeah, absolutely. move through those yeah. ranges. Yeah. Bodybuilders obviously have a little bit more, I guess, scope in terms of their movement patterns in their training. Mm. So it's less visible. But I like I know myself, the first time I got to 90 kilos, I couldn't put my seatbelt on. Yeah. And now at, I'm still back at 90 kilos and I feel how I did at 80. My if that makes car sense. gives me my seatbelt. Very yeah. happy about that. <laughs> like, Thank you, sir. No external rotation needed. Yeah, but anecdotally introducing different and more movement variety at the yeah. same body weight with the same muscle mass totally different person with a different training style yeah so i think there's the adaptation to the training is definitely plays a big role and i think the first Absolutely. time you get to a body weight yeah that stress is way different to having been there or even going past it and pulling back yeah. a little bit yeah yeah and that that's imp- that'd be important for you guys to know it's like if you go and sit with somebody and you're like, okay, why are you here and what do you do? And then you, they're like, oh, I'm six weeks out from my meet. Like that's going to influence how you assess them and how you treat them, right? Because it's like Different that tolerances. adaptation right there is yeah. going to suggest like because of this hyper-specificity in the program, this person is tight. This person is doing, you know, heaps of internally rotated dominant exercises. Like you're not going to, well, you wouldn't you would treat that person differently to someone who's just like oh, i'm just a lifestyle client who wants to get strong right yeah 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 that's where y- you've got to look at the person in front of you because it's like even if someone was a gymnast like obviously they need a lot more range of motion but yeah you, even in just like powerlifting versus bodybuilding things will yeah things will be different um don't pit us against this already it's too early in the morning okay? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah you can definitely change your range of motion just by i guess accessing that full range of motion in the gym um, so yeah, obviously like if you're lifting in a very restricted range of motion, like that's just where your body's going to get used to moving. Whereas yeah, if you, you might need to do a mobility exercise to access a position, but then like if you're actually loading it in those positions, you're more likely to keep that mobility. Yeah. Yeah. So training itself can almost be mobility. Like, have you ever been tight from working like at the computer, um, like doing your online check-ins and stuff? And then like you go to the gym, you do a back session. It's like, oh, I can sit up better. Like I've got so much more movement through my shoulders. It's like, we've just moved our shoulders through range of motion. We've got some blood flow. Um, So that's kind of been a mobility exercise in itself. Right. Yeah. 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 We talk about in our programming, trying to put like, sometimes we quantify it. Sometimes we don't just like X amount of function based movements. Um, yeah, like function's a weird one. But I think after the workshop, we agreed that it was basically walking, breathing, and throwing. So anything that contributes to your ability to do that is like a functional exercise. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, how much of that do you put in your program? So it's like, mm. for Jace, it's like a single leg glute bridge, maybe not the best exercise to build glutes. But it gets a good pump and it's really good for hip extension. Or even like half mine landmine, uh, half kneeling landmine press. It's like yeah. You're not getting bolder shoulders. Yeah. doing a half kneeling landmine press but if you put it in as a trainable exercise people are accessing range of motion accessing stability that then carries over to the shoulder press they have to do yep. three days later or whatever so it's an interesting way of like you said making training prehab as well inside the program yeah yep um, but yeah the landmine press is an interesting one like because I think not many exercises kind of target that reach in the gym mm. um, like obviously a lot of exercises are like shoulders down and back so um, yeah something like that is will benefit the shoulder health so it's like that might be preventing an injury down the track yep. which is going to make them regress from having to drop load or whatever so yep. yeah I think those like functional exercises through the training program are definitely beneficial yeah yeah 
obviously depending on the specificity at the time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I find it's like the best, well, I don't want to say the best, the easiest to put in for powerlifters. It's just like just once a week, just do that. (laughs) (laughs) just don't be here just once a week (laughs) yeah just some other fucking variable yeah so if they're so we if we split things up to upper and lower and you talk about these gatekeeper movements Mm -hmm. in your opinion which ones would you put just blanketly across the board for listeners at home oh good question um yeah perhaps for the i'm gonna say for the upper body it would be like a cat camel Yep. Um, and like just mainly for the thoracic. So you're mainly trying to get that protraction, retraction, keeping your elbows straight. Um, you can also do this in a bird dog position as well, which can give you a lot more, a lot more data too, if you're able to get in that position. Um, and like, I feel like that's probably the most important one for upper body because also if our shoulders can't protract, retract properly, like if we kind of a little bit jammed through that mid back, we're probably not going to be able to access that overhead mobility anyway. Um, cause that rhomboid will kind of be stopping you from getting overhead, the tightness there. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's probably the most important one for upper body and then lower body. If we're doing like a deadlift kind of or hinging session, I'd say it would be the prone leg lift. Cause obviously mm-hmm. that's more a session of hip extension. Yeah. Um, so we need to be able to access that range. Whereas if it was a squat, we're probably looking at something more like hip flexion. Um, I don't know what exercise would be the gatekeeper, but a psoas march is a good one. Have you done that before? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So kind of, cause obviously we want to access deep hip flexion, but like actively rather than just letting the bar forces down. Um, so yeah, they would be the three yeah, gatekeepers. Yeah. I use a 90, 90 a lot. Yeah. For the hip. Okay. Just, like at least for me, I know that's going to be, I'll feel it there and know that the session's going to be shit. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily in that deep hip flexion. But yeah, going through an active 90-90, bad days, I can't even do it. Yeah. Good days, it's like nice and easy. And then in between, it's like it pinches or whatever. And it's like, okay, I need to go Yeah. do some other stuff. And for lower body, even like it sounds so basic, but even walking. So it's like yeah. if you just walk, you'll be able to kind of know if your hips are tight. Like if you're getting a back pump walking, like you probably need to do some work on your hips. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, oh, but also like regardless if you're getting a back pump or not, it's like you'll kind of be able to feel if things feel tired or yeah. yeah. So maybe it's like coming back to the functional things, like the basics, it's like walking is so important for the body. Like it's moving yeah. our hips through range of motion. We're accessing that hip extension. It can be quite decompressive for the back. Um, obviously, we're getting some rotation through the upper body as well. Um, shoulder extension. So, yeah, even just simple things like walking. Um, but I guess like the more someone trains and the more they get to know their body, um, the easier it is as well to know if you're feeling a little bit restricted that day. Um, and that's where it's good to work with the niche we work with too because they're quite aware of their body. So, it's like they're normally quite aware of what's causing them pain or when they feel it. Yeah. Um, so, I guess like our population of lifters, they can kind of tune into the fact that they are aware of their body. So it's like, pay attention when you're walking, like, do you feel a bit tighter than usual? Maybe you need to go do some activations or, or foam roll. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So we're going to take a little bit of a shift now. Okay. So we've obviously brought you on as one of our online allied health therapists. And I know that there's going to be some people out there that when you, someone says, Hey, you should go and see, these guys, they're fucking awesome. And you can book yourself an online consult. They're going to go, 
no. <laughs> because I need someone to poke me, to prod me, to, you know, do like the traditional uh, form of manual therapy that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can start with like, what do you guys do when you look at uh, an online consultation for someone who is in pain and discomfort or you know, lack of function or whatever? And then we can maybe go down the route of like, you know, if you do this and if we did this manually, what would end up being, you know, the end outcome? Would it be the same? Would it be, you know, better or worse? Yep. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah. So when someone comes in, so we'll just like have the consult on the computer. Um, so it'd be like if we saw them in here where we just get like a little bit of their history. So we kind of find out um, all the things about their pain. We find out about their tra- uh, sorry, their training um, just even information about them, like what they do for work. So we're really just painting the picture of that person, mm-hmm. which is all just what you'd find in like a normal Needs clinic. Needs analysis type yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then we're getting them to do a movement assessment. So we're kind of looking at their body, um, seeing how it's moving, what's tight, what's causing the injury. Um, we're just doing all the all the normal tests we're doing here, um, but obviously that we're just getting the client to do them all themselves, mm-hmm. which probably which half the testing here would normally be them doing themselves anyway. Absolutely. Um, and like we said, when we're looking at movements in the gym, we're looking at active range of motion rather than passive range of motion. So the fact that that client is doing the movements themselves, it's giving us more than enough data for what we need. Yep. Um, so yeah, then we're finding out what's happening, and then we'll do an intervention so yeah whether it's the mobility stability um whatever it is that they need and then we'll reassess see if they're moving better see if their pain's gone um and then we'll give them a little bit of a plan of what to modify for training if they need to modify things um but yeah i did have a client who i saw online last week and i gave him a couple of like exercises to release himself so like a foam roller or massage bowl just releasing a couple of tight muscles and he was like oh like i'm surprised you gave me this like i thought you're against like releasing muscles and i'm like no like the point of the online consult isn't that we we're against like manual therapy and we're not against like um releasing muscles like by yourself it's yeah it's just i guess a way that we're giving you your rehab and we're able to access more people like it's like online coaching but for physio it's it's like we can see and do what we need to do um so yeah so it's like not like we're against anything in particular like there there still might Mm -hmm. be some mobility or self-frame rolling um but yeah we typically find these clients get really good results um and i think that's because because they're not coming in here for treatment they're not just relying on a treatment to feel better yeah so they know they have to put in the work Uh, so it's like their their plan is they have to like is the thing that they have to do whereas here it's like someone comes in we get them moving better feeling better and then they're like they might do their rehab for a little bit and then they might just fall off the bandwagon and they're like yeah. oh it's okay because i'm it. about to go back and say laura she's going to put some needles into me absolutely so it's fine um so yeah we actually find that our online clients usually get really good results the, yeah the online coaching thing is really interesting too like i hadn't thought of the comparison there it's like if you go to the gym your gym has personal trainers in it already. Why do you hire the online coach? It's like, because they're a specialist, because they can get you an outcome in yeah, potentially a shorter a period method. of time. Yeah, and they, yeah. not always, I don't, definitely don't want to say always, but a lot of online coaches go there because they have a skill set that allows them to move into that space. Yeah. So they're not pinned into a time frame or whatever. So more often than not, you're going to get a higher skill set from an online coach than you are face-to-face. And it's the same. It's like it's hard to find good personal trainers. Yeah. It's also hard to find good allied pros. Mm. Yeah. So if you can get access to the best through an online, 
you don't have to travel, you don't have to whatever, you don't have to settle for average either and just get what you need. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Because I guess with like online coaching, it's like you have the skills when someone sends you a video to be able to change their technique. Absolutely. And so you can see everything you need to see um, via like video and, and with all the data they're giving you. Yeah. So similarly, it's like we can see on the video everything we need to see. Um, just by the way, like you get so much idea of what's happening by the way your body's moving. Um, like even with the shoulder blade, it's like we get an idea of what's tight just by like if it's a little bit more into up, like how that shoulder blade's moving as you go into shoulder flexion. Like are they moving evenly or what kind of, what pattern is that shoulder moving in? And that, that, that kind of indicates what's tight or what's weak as well. So it's like we can see what we need to see via online. Yeah. Do you do it in the gym all the time? Just watch people move and like, yeah, this and that. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch people train all the time. Yeah. Doing that shit. Yeah. Yeah. This fucking weirdo staring at me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's good where I train now, like at a powerlifting gym. Like a lot of people lift really well, um, but you still do it. Like it's just, you, yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, I can see what's tight. Or, yeah, know. yeah. Um, Let me help. But yeah. <laughs> but then when you train at like a bro gym like Derrimat, you're like, I can't watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come to my gym then. Fucking have a meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like this man's going to hurt himself deadlifting. <laughs> yeah, just drop but, your card and just Yeah, walk drop off. my card. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but when, yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, because obviously you see common patterns and trends. So it's like the, the more, like I think what I see now with clients is so much different to what I see when I first started because it's like I've got so much more data of, mm. yeah, of different injuries and like how things are moving, what's tight, how things respond. So it's like you're just continuously accumulating data and then it's like, I guess you can get so much more information from the same movement that a few years ago you would have just been like, they look stiff in that movement. But yeah. now it's like, okay, that's tight. That needs to be strengthened. Like, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Mm. So you're seeing comparable results, if not better mm-hmm. from an online treatment, uh, than an, an online sequence of treatment. Yeah. Then in some instances coming face to face. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, I think the results would probably be quite similar if everybody that came into the clinic here did their rehab. And yeah. in saying that, like people that come in the clinic that do their rehab versus don't do their rehab, very different results. Like I actually find it quite unfulfilling if I have a client who comes in and they're not doing their rehab and then we're just going around in, in like in a circle. And I will have yeah. the conversation with them and I'm like, look, I f- we kind of just we're making things feel a little bit better, but like, because you're not doing the rehab or doing X, Y, and Z that we've suggested, we're just coming back to the same point and we're not moving forward. It's like, you're holding yourself back with your training. Like it's a little bit frustrating. Um, (laughs) 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 But yeah, no, I like to say, (laughs) you know, like if you want to move forward, like you're going to have to do the rehab. So perhaps I think if people in here did their rehab, like the results will be very similar, but I find because, 99% 99% of people probably that we see online do the rehab because it's all they've got compared yeah. to in here it might be like I don't know 50% so like the yeah. probably the online results do seem better yeah so yeah. it's the it's the rehab it's like hitting yeah. your macros doing the thing yeah it's like if only they hit their if only they followed their nutrition <laughs> plan for the week <laughs> you just need to follow your nutrition man yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're like oh I followed it except for this 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 yeah, yeah. except for all weekend <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know that's that's like if I have a co- have a client who goes to see someone, and then they give you the oh he's they said it was this this and this. I don't the diagnosis. I'm like this isn't my wheelhouse. Mm. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know, 
maybe we'll ask a few more questions. Yeah. But if I if I went the next question I say is okay, so what do we do next? Mm. Wh- what's your plan? And if they don't have that, I'm like, this Fired. person's got to go. Yeah. But obviously won't say it because sometimes like, you know, you don't want to upset the person mm. if they have a friend or if they go see someone who they've seen for a while. But I know for me, that's the that's alarm bells straight away. I'm like, oh, generally in this circumstance, you would want to have a, yeah. this, this and this and have an idea of like what, what we're working towards and not avoiding things in the gym like we've spoken about. Like, that's obviously one, but not having a rehab plan for me is like even worse than... Or yeah. just as bad as like, don't go to the gym for 14 days or whatever they say. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, like you said, it's that graded exposure to whatever it is that you guys need to uh, have back in your function that's going to get you there. Like you're, you're obviously allowing this person to have the range by whatever treatment you guys do. But if you don't continuously expose yourself to whatever it is, it's like you're just going to go back to the way you were. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and we do see. Do your fucking rehab. Yeah, <laughs> do the rehab. It's funny too, people that you, I mean, you get it with um, coaching, like people who try and say that they've done their rehab when you know they haven't, and like you try and expose them. <laughs> Here I'm we like, go. I'll, <laughs> tell us how. I love this shit. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, so have you been doing your rehab? They're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Which exercises have you been doing? And they're like, um, what were they again? Uh, and I was like, oh, the ones you've been doing every day, like you don't remember. <laughs> yeah. <Shots>. And, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to say. Obviously, sometimes you're like, oh, maybe they are doing them and maybe we've missed something and they're not getting like the results that we would expect in this scenario. So it's like, you do have to like yeah. reflect and change things. Obviously. But like, yes, but I feel like sometimes it's like, I know you're lying to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sometimes, <laughs> like, I, I feel like... What's up, guys? So, before we move on, just a little bit more information for those people who are curious about coaching. Maybe they want someone to take care of their training, get a bit more specific, take it to the next level, or even just keep them accountable to all of the things that they need to do. So, again, you guys can go onto the website, get a little bit more information. It's got all the information on there on what's involved to take your training to the next level. You can hit the inquiry button and then we'll get on a strategy call and see what we can do for you. In some instances, like people think that they're two separate styles of treatment. Yeah. So like I remember I had someone like a client, they were like, oh, I went to this place and they made me do all these exercises and they're like, I'm paying him. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. You're paying him (laughs) to to solve the problem. (laughs) And this is how they solve the problem it's like yeah. going to a coach and being like, he gave me a program. Yeah. Just give me muscle. That sucks. They <laughs> probably have more of a, because I don't know like how treatment has progressed because we're not in the space, right? So I can only give you my interpretation based off the feedback I get from my clients and the experience that we've had along the way. And it seems like maybe 30, 40 years ago, you just did, you just went. It was like a real repeat business type yeah. deal. Yeah. Like, you know, you should come three days a week and then two days a week and one and, you know, whatever. Um, and that was the plan. So, obviously, there's people going in like to you and it's just like, I'm like, you have to fix me. Mm. So, you're probably having to overcome that by, I don't know, like, do you guys have to communicate to them like, hey, this is yeah. like, we're fixing you together. Like, I'm going to do this, but you also need to do this in order to get back to, you know, full capacity. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like having the communication and clear expectations is very important. Um, like just saying that we like, I guess, working as a team, it's like, oh, I'm not getting you better. Like what you're doing yeah. is pro- more important because I'm seeing you what for half an hour in a week. And it's like mm-hmm. the what you do for the other hours through the week is very important, whether that's doing your rehab, whether it's um, better lifestyle habits, like better ergonomics, like sitting better at the desk or um, maybe we've talked about walking, hydration, like some really simple things, but it's like all of that is going to make more of a difference than what we're doing in here. So I guess it's having that clear ex- expectation, like we're a team, um, like if things aren't progressing as we expect, like we'll kind of reassess and make a new plan. Um, but yeah, I think it's, especially if someone comes in and they just like haven't really put in the work or done what we've suggested, it's like... I try and be like, okay, maybe I haven't actually made that clear that like they need to do the work. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. I probably didn't explain that properly. Like, because I've seen this thing a lot of time, like this kind of injury a lot of times. Maybe I just had in my head the process, but I forgot to yeah. explain to the person that like this is actually really important and whether or not they yeah. do X, Y, or Z is going to have a very big impact on what their outcome will be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think expectations is, is very important. And I guess you would have it with coaching as well. Like, I think the clearer your expectations are and you're both on the same page, like that just makes things better because mm. even if, yeah, I'm saying if in here we do a little bit of manual therapy, say we do some exercise, if that person doesn't, if they just have the expectation they're coming in here just for like, just for massage or just manual therapy, then when they do that like exercise, they're like, oh, it's half the session. We're like, yeah, it's like, where's the buy-in? Yeah. 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 So it's like, I guess we'd explain to them, yeah, like how we operate things, why we do that. Um, yeah. And say I wanted to get someone to do just exercise and no like manual therapy for a session, I would probably like explain that to them and tell like book them in the next session for just that. So it's like, because obviously when people come in, they do have that expectation that they're going to get a little bit of manual therapy. Um, So I'd just be like, look, next time we're actually going to like look at a few movement patterns. We're going to fix a few things with your technique or like we're going to... Um, yeah, just do yeah. exercise. It's like, I'll let them know. It's blending the veggies in the pasta sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bit yeah. of what they want, bit of what they yeah, need. That's it. But Absolutely. Yeah. That's what on there. Like your mate that was like, oh, they made me do exercises. You walk in the door and get told that that's, yeah, this is this collaborative. Is how, this is how we do this. We're going to build this into what you're going to do after. Like, yeah, it changes our whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the technique. I feel like one of the most challenging things you have to navigate working with a lot of PTs and their clients is like trying to tell a coach that their client's technique needs to change. Yeah, it is a tricky one to navigate. Um, I feel like when we work with coaches, we have good relationships with, which most coaches in uh, that we work with, we've we've built that relationship. And I think as well, when you're building a relationship with a coach, you wouldn't change like their client's technique at the start because it's like, that's kind of, unless it's like something very obvious for the injury, you'd be like, look, I've just recommended this. And obviously as well, we would only really change something that's relevant mm. for that client for the injury. Like if I yeah. say, yeah, I'm not just going to be like, oh, this could be better for that. It's like, no, like we're keeping it relevant to the injury. So there's a purpose. Um, but yeah, I think you have to like kind of build up that relationship with the coach. And obviously as well, when you tell someone um, that, that like, how to change a technique. Yeah. You're telling them why. And mm. you, you, you've, you're relaying that to the coach as well. 
Um, but yeah, we've only had a couple of instances where that's kind of <laughs> bounced Kicked back off. at us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, most of the time, yeah, obviously it's getting the, the client a better outcome and it's like that client, yeah. maybe they were squatting with knee pain before and it's like with these new cues that actually squatting with no knee pain, they've actually said they feel glute activation in their squat, which they've never felt before. So it's like the... I guess when we're all in the best interest of the client and it's going to help us move forward. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just building a good relationship with the coach and then keeping the, the yeah. technique adjustments very specific to the injury. Okay. Like how you say it, how you say it is just as important as what you say. Yeah. I, I yeah. think so that's a big part yeah. of your success, Ali's too, like in Fox overall, like there's no ego attached to any of yeah. it. Like you said, it was like, oh, well I didn't explain it properly if you didn't do it. Yeah. How do I make you do your rehab or get you to, buy into doing the rehab yeah if a trainer comes to you and it's back and forth i had a train like a uh i think it was a physio like fucking explode back at me because i like they sent me a technique video and i was like that works for gen pop doing a five doesn't yeah. work on a platform a little bit different yeah. yeah it was like retracted shoulder blades in a deadlift and i was like no <laughs> yeah, straight no. She, she, <laughs> Absolutely not. She yeah. deadlifts one seventy. Right. Like her, her shoulder blades aren't going to hold one hundred and seventy kilos, and yeah. just fucking yeah. kicked off like mm. these fucking personal trainers. Well, I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it as well as the the therapist versus personal trainer relationship ego. There's a lot of therapists out there that are like, and I get it because a lot of personal trainers are also dicks. And yeah. they think they're physios, so you would have this bias of like... Yeah, just overstep a bit. Yeah, they operate out of the, outside their scope all the time and you could get this little bit of resentment. But the cohesive two people working together, it's always going to be more successful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cause, uh, yeah, I think when there's no ego, it's like you're looking at your mutual client, you're just trying to get the best results for them. And it's like, that's when you're working as a team. So it's, and you know, you can always learn things off each other. So if like, if we've um, given someone like a technique tip and then it's like that coach might be like, oh cool, I'll keep an eye out for that next time. Or they might tell us something they've done with that client that's helped. And it's, you know, we can kind of like learn off each other. I think when ego is involved, like when people are very resistive of other ideas, it's like, they're going to be very close-minded. So it's like they think that their answer is the only answer mm. um, and they're going to defend that opinion. Whereas it's like if you say open-minded and like you need to be able to clinically reason. So it's like if that physio was saying retract your shoulder blades, like why? Like, yeah. Good at, like I don't know if they would have a good reason for that. Um, but like maybe maybe they do. And then it's like then you could, I guess, like have that discussion. But I think you both have to be like quite open-minded for that to happen. Whereas I think mm. it only mm. butts heads when there's like the ego, this is my decision and like yeah fuck everyone yeah yeah (laughs) the team thing's huge and like we obviously uh we'll introduce some like co-coaching things and it's like that team element is everything Mm -hmm. it's like being able to work with our our plans next year as like at least coach and therapist and then even coach therapists and like mentality and just getting around issues with like pain and all that kind of stuff and just changing how you see things so it's like two three coaches all working together with different from different angles for the same person for the same outcome you have to be able to put all that to bed and just be like mm-hmm. and we've been in positions where it's like i've had a coach i've worked with you at the same time and it's just like these things need to come together yeah and being on as the client in that experience is fucking awesome mm-hmm. yeah it's just like coach says can you ask laura this this isn't this, this yes mm-hmm. and then 
you say, can you tell your coach this, this, and this, and ask this. And then within three days, it's like, okay, this is exactly what needs to happen for me to move forwards as the best possible athlete. Yeah. And I think as well, like when we're able to work closely with a coach and it's like, if things do need to be modified, for example, and we can put those like functional movements or like those rehab movements as part of their training, that's also when someone's warm-ups might go from being like 20 20 minutes, 30 minutes to like 10 minutes because it's like, cool, we can just do a very couple of very specific things and then you're kind of loading and targeting what we need to strengthen with the training program. And obviously it depends like with on that like that person's goals at the time and like how much flexibility we have with the program um but yeah like i think when the coach and therapist are working together there it's just it's better yeah yeah, it's better for everybody Mm. yeah Yeah, absolutely tam are we we for time potentially got one more question got an hour all right one more thing we'll discuss (laughs) um so this is more maybe just like a take home for the guys uh the lifters and even maybe myself when i hurt myself so (laughs) let's say i go to the gym I wake up and I something hurts. Do I immediately get on the phone or go to stcfit.com and book a, an appointment with Laura to you know address the situation or is there like a couple of things that you maybe do like do you wait a couple of days do you see if things like what what's the step if I do wake up and something does hurt? Yeah, okay. Um I guess it depends like do your hamstrings hurt and you trained RDLs? Yeah. <laughs> no, but like... Let's say, let's say, let's say I wake <laughs> no, up and doms. it's like, this is not muscle soreness. Okay. My, something hurts in the joint or something hurts outside of muscle doms that I think is something wrong. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, like normally the sooner we get onto an injury, the better outcome mm-hmm. we'll get. Um, so, yeah, I think typically the, the sooner you can get onto it, we will get a better result. Yeah. But I mean, you could always wait a couple of days, see if it completely goes away. Um, obviously, you can report back to your coach and see um, what they think as well. Like Is there see- like a scale of pain maybe that you would work off potentially to like know how severe it is? Um, when we're working with injuries, like typically we don't want anything more than like a two out of three out of 10 when we're waking up the next yeah. day afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd say if you're waking up with a niggle that's outside of muscle doms, like it's, it's probably best just to get it looked into. Yeah. 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 That's my position too, because it's like, if it hurts, it's probably going to hurt next time I do it, and then it's going to hurt next time I do it. So don't train through it, and I hope it's going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Write that multiple (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I think that's when, like when we have a good relationship with coaches or such as yourself, it's like, even if you get a new client and they come in, they're like, oh, I've got a bit of a niggle in my knee. And it's like, you guys will normally just send them straight to us. Whereas otherwise someone might try and work around that and then it just gets worse and worse. And yeah, Yeah. like we said, the longer something is like a niggle for the longer it's an injury, the harder it is to get better. Um, And the more likelihood of other things around it trying to like compensate, like do the job. Um, And then other things will get tight, overloaded and probably lead to other injuries. So um, so yeah, I think the sooner the better. Even with clients, it's frustrating. It's like two days later like oh, i hurt my shoulder felt it doing this I'm like okay did you have video no okay and it's all today yes yeah book, book in and see someone yeah. like oh yeah i will i will and then two days later like oh no it's fine now i'm like okay and then the next week it's like oh my shoulder hurts again yeah like, i know <laughs> <laughs> did you film it no did you book in with someone no so yeah. just book the thing because we need to know why because mm. it's gonna hold you back like obviously yeah. our whole goal is like 
the best performance that we can get out of the person, right? Yeah. So there is a breakdown in performance there. It's pretty rare that like you just did one bad rep and, and, it, and it hurts. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, cause you'll know too. It's like, oh, I kicked the dumbbell up and it kind of fell out of line and now my shoulder hurts. Like, you know that happened. Whereas if you're waking up like, oh, my shoulder just doesn't feel good after incline press. It's like, okay, well something in the incline press is wrong. Yeah. So either you're not building the muscle you want, you're not building the strength that you want, or it's going to fuck up the rest of your training as well. Yeah. So it's like, just nip it in the butt straight away. Get it, f- find out what the actual, for lack of a better term, like dysfunction is. Yeah. So then you can stay on top of it and progress as fast as you can. Yeah, no, definitely. A lot of times things have been, yeah, things will be built in for a long time yeah. before it either reaches someone's pain threshold or before it reach, reaches their tissue tolerance and then something goes snap. Yeah. So, yeah. So obviously thinking that something's been built in, it's like if we can get that better, like whether it's an instability or a muscular imbalance side to side, whatever it is, yeah. if we can get that better, like your performance will actually be better afterwards because it's like we're not just going to get you back to where you were, which was pain-free and on the way to an injury. We're going to get that thing that was leading to the injury stronger um, so you'll be more resilient. So then you'll, yeah, put on more muscle mass, have stronger performance. Like Yeah. And then the the pushback's going to be cost, right? It's like, yeah, but I feel fine, so I don't want to spend the money. It's like Mm. it's going to cost you more. Yeah. Because the longer you leave it, the worse it's going to be, the more appointments you're going to need, the more time you're going to need to actually solve the problem anyway. And what would you pay not have limitations anyway agreed yeah, yeah. for yeah. like 50 percent capacity on your program like yeah people would pay anything at that time to be out of pain yeah it's, it's yeah it's pretty yeah. expensive to not be in the gym for a week yeah 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 absolutely and then not to mention if it's bad enough like if you've got to take time off work or you, you can't focus at work so you're not performing or yeah yeah you got in so much pain you're not present at home with the family like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. book in <laughs> now immediately what's Link the what is it forward slash allied tam online allied online online allied yeah, yeah. just oh. click stc you'll find it yeah work your way through the web yeah uh i'm good you got anything else you want to oh heaps talk about? but we probably yeah. should stop okay. saying we upset <laughs> <laughs> we won't go full joe rogan yeah. for three hours <laughs> we've still got another pod to do, do that, that in this chair to be honest i'll probably end up breaking it by yeah, the way yeah. Back. yeah there might be an event oh, i would have happened previously on the podcast i'll break this fucking chair <laughs> <laughs> on monday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awesome. All right, we'll wrap it up there. All right, guys. Thank you for that. First one of the year. Looking forward to uh, more episodes coming. If you guys do want to get in touch with Laura and get yourselves uh, sorted out with your Allied Health treatment, uh, go to the website, uh, click the Allied Health and book yourself an appointment with Laura. She'll take care of you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, as always. All right, see you next time, guys.